You are listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud, conversations about trauma and healing from two women who are doing the work. My name is Jeremiah Jones, and I'm the producer of this podcast. In today's episode, Candace interviews her trauma-informed StoryWork coach. Listen in to hear more details about what StoryWork is, what having choices really means, and how the words, of course, impacted Candace's healing journey. Hey, Cher and Patria. How are you today? So well, really good, really excited. Yes, thank you so much for having me. It's really good to be here with you both. Yeah, today we are so excited to have Candace's coach, Patria Rector, with us from The Broken and Beautiful. And we're just excited to hear what you have to share with Candace in conversation and bringing that to our listeners today. And I'm going to just very quickly turn it over to you so you can dive right in. Yeah, thank you, Cher. Patria, I am so excited that you're with us today and really just want to ask you first, if you'll just share a little bit about who you are, what you do, and just let our listeners get to know you. Yes. So I have a coaching business called The Broken and Beautiful out of Lincoln, Nebraska. And I have an undergraduate degree in nursing, and I have lots and lots of different types of trainings, but I'm also a certified professional coach. And so that along with my story work training through the Allender Center is what I really do full-time for my work. Yeah. We talked about lots of different things that we could discuss today. Mm -hmm. And I think where we landed is this idea of story work. It's Mm -hmm. not necessarily new, but I still don't find very many people who've ever heard of it. I know for me, it was just two and a half years ago when I heard about story work through the Allender Center and then heard you being interviewed by Adam Young. Mm -hmm. And that's how I got connected to you. Mm -hmm. What's coming up for me is, can you just share what is story work and why do you believe it's so effective? Story work means different things to different people, but through the Allender method, what it means essentially is, I always think of it this way, is that we tell our story as long as we need to, as often as we need to, until it's processed. And what processing means is that it's organized in our mind. We're not having reactivity when we think of our memories or we think of our relationships with our families or even with other people, that there's a balance and a continuity in my life with relationships with me and with others. And um, story work is highly effective in helping to really drill down to the nitty gritty of why those are sometimes hard for me or for you or for each person individually. And so we call it narrative focused trauma care is the way that the Allender Center describes it now because it's story focused care of the ways we've been traumatized in our lives through our family of origin specifically. I know when I first reached out to you, I had a background of 
seeing other people and not that there wasn't any goodness that came out of that. But I know the first time I shared one of my stories of harm and how that affected me over the years, I had never had anyone move in really, really close Mm -hmm. and begin using the term, of course. It was life-changing for me. So what, what is so, I don't want to say magical, but it felt magical about those words, of course, in the context of story. Yeah. Well, I think it's so healing to have somebody go, well, yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You make sense and you're not crazy. I mean, that's, I think at the, at the core of why it's so helpful to say, of course, or we can beat ourselves up until we're bloody pulps because we haven't achieved some goal that we believe we ought to have achieved or because we're not living the way we think we ought to be living or something like that. And and maybe there are ways that we want to live differently, genuinely. Mm-hmm. But if we don't first understand why we are the way that we are, if we don't first begin to move into all those little parts of us and all those painful experiences with gentleness and and care and love, we'll just keep doing the same things over and over, even if trying harder gets us net results for a time. I remember the consultation I had with you and I was already drawn, but I, I was scared. There was yeah. this level that I knew intuitively that you were seeing me really well already to some degree. Mm-hmm. And I remember I emailed you and you heard my hesitancy. Mm-hmm. I still have this email. I've read it before, or I've read it over again a few times because still today that email soothes me, mm-hmm. but you emailed back and really explained that it was only an invitation. Yes. And it, in the past, it would always feel like there was this demand on me to get fixed. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you that gentle, kind invitation is what I said, okay, let's do this. And yet it was disruptive. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering what, what is it about? I don't want it to be disruptive. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it so disruptive? Well, well, I, that's such a great question. I mean, I think all of us would agree. I certainly can understand the feeling of thinking that healing brings, if I'm healing, then I feel better. Mm. And I think ultimately that does come in some version. (laughs) I can't make any promises to you or anyone else or to myself about that anymore, but really it healing brings grief and it brings things getting worse sometimes before they get better. It brings, it's like, it exposes these really core drivers of us that we're blind to without turning towards them. Mm -hmm. And there has to be kindness and there has to be invitation to be able to feel the ability to actually turn toward these drivers, because otherwise we're going to need to keep looking away from them. 
I can't, I can't look at that. Mm -hmm. And so that invitational posture doesn't mean this is going to be like an easy ride. In fact, I tell people often buckle up, buckle your seatbelt, like, like what you're doing in your work is taking us deeper and it might get harder for a while. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like that's what you're describing too. And I know of course that that's part of the experience that you shared. Yeah. And I think you know, Cher and I have talked about this, you know, when you're working with someone setting that up, like you're saying, you don't want to put something out there like, I don't know, any type of false pretense that this is going to be easy, but worth it. I think so, right? It's worth it. I know it has been for me. It has been for Cher. It has been for you. But I think in the hardness of it, that question does come up. Like, is this even worth it? You know, we talk about the uh, the essential importance, or let me say it differently. We talk about the importance of change, but we don't talk about what actually has to happen for change to happen. And like, we don't understand it. We don't, we, no, I don't understand. We don't understand it. And even in the middle of it, even to this day, because it's not like I've arrived, even to this day, there are moments I find myself having to have help reorienting yeah. to, oh, right, this is healing. This, that this is what healing is. It's not to say that there's not sunshine and good things that come, but it's not all that. And it usually gets darker before we get there. You, you said something though, that kind of stirred a thought and I'm trying to remember what it was, Candace, you said That's okay. something about the, something about the invitation, but yeah, if it comes back all. Yeah. If it comes back, I know for me, one of the struggles that I've had in this journey is and it's been also my own work of that little girl who's needed validated or just the particularities of my own story. But it's kind of the, I've struggled with because it looks like it gets worse before it gets better. It's like feeling misunderstood or the perception of what you're doing. And I know for me, it's, I've had this image, it's of a horse that has those blinders on. And that that's what I ended up having to do. I had already experienced that I know that I was feeling loved and seen and cared for in a way that was shifting things for me. But from the outward perspective, it got messy. Mm-hmm. That That's exactly the point I was trying to remember is because when we start healing, things actually start changing. And we are all part of systems. Like we're all part of relational systems. And and when this is just systems dynamics, right? So family systems is a really great way to think about this. When part of the system changes, the rest of the system gets really nervous. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we realize, there are times that we realize we don't want to be a part of the system at all anymore as Mm -hmm. we heal. And so sometimes things stop. Sometimes relationships quit. Sometimes we, we need to make big, big changes. Oftentimes though, it's that shifting of the system where I'm, I'm acting different. I'm being quiet where maybe I would have fought before, or I'm fighting where maybe I would have been quiet before. And the system doesn't know what to do with that. And by that, of course, I mean the people that are with me. And so then they get thrown off. And so then our lives do get messier because everything's up in the air. It's kind of, I always think of it as like popcorn suspended in air. 
<laughs> yeah. Right. And yeah. it's, and everybody's kind of like, what, what's happening right now? Mm-hmm. So when you're a child, you don't have a choice, right? You, you don't get to leave the system. I mean, except in cases where you're taking taken out of the system, but as an adult, you still think that you have no choice. That trauma that's stored in the limbic brain that would make you think, I just have to stay and try to figure this out. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so as an adult, that that gets hard when you have a sincere desire for flourishing, for yes. healing, not just in yourself, but the relationships around you. And you're really not being met with any mutuality. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think even as you're describing that last part of what you just said about the mutuality, like there's a healing that happens before you can say things like that. That comes after healing or in, you know, having experienced some healing. And to me, it it kind of isn't so much about do I leave the system when it gets hard or do I stay in the system because it, it's too hard? It's more about oftentimes anyway, it's more about letting these parts that feel frozen, the limbic, you know, where our limbic brain gets frozen and we're frozen in trauma beliefs and trauma responses and reactivity and letting those parts know where we can handle this now. We have resources, Mm. inner resources and external resources that can actually help us have a different ending than what we're used to having from Mm. this dynamic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's the shift, you know, that's what mm-hmm. I'm, that's, what's coming to me as, you know, as, as you've worked with me and been in my places where you've seen that I'm kind of still frozen or I'm being reactive. You've always brought me back to what my choices are mm-hmm. and, and really kind of talked with me through some of those choices, because in that space where I'm reactive, which for me looks like hyper arousal, it doesn't feel like I really have many choices. I I have that driven feeling. Well, and that as an example for your listeners, if we're feeling that that's the story, right? That's in story work. That's the story that happened. So if I'm stuck in believing I don't have a choice, then I didn't have a choice. Mm. And so updating the system is saying, okay, now you have choices. And choices is a tricky word in itself because it's, it's so we have to heal to have a choice. Like we have to have freedom to have a choice. There ha- you know, and when, when we got stuck in this place, we just have an instinctual response to it when when it initially happens. And that instinct takes over and keeps driving us mm-hmm. and driving us and driving us. And then we get ashamed about the way we're driven. And that's the cycle. I am so thankful you're naming that. And I'm so aware of this idea of just choose. 
there it there is truth right there that we we do make choices but when there's been trauma that hasn't been healed and we are in reenactment patterns this idea of just choose would for so many years i had so much shame and self contempt because why can't i just choose right and yet my healing and my work with you has helped slow me down grab a hold of my resources for healing, for calming, for caring for my body. And now like I feel the empowerment of seeing what my choices are. Yes. And then you actually see what it is to make a choice. I mean, so many times haven't we heard, at least I have, well, you're, you're making a choice. You're, I've heard this so often, well, it's serving you somehow. So you're, you know, you must be wanting this somehow. And like everything in me rebels at that kind of thought, because for one thing, it's not invitational to healing. And, and for another thing, it's just not true. It's informationally, factually wrong. (laughs) It's not effective to healing, but it's also just wrong. It's just, we know so much about our brain and about how our systems form and how our, how our reactions form now that we can just say unequivocally, those things are wrong. And also it's mean and Mm -hmm. unkind to say, well, you know, you're just making choices and truly there's so much more I could say about that. I have so much passion around this particular aspect of things, but just to kind of sum up my thoughts with reiterating that choices come when we're healing. Choices come from freedom. Most of us are just acting instinctively and it's not choices that we would want to make. You know, that's, that's usually where we find ourselves. Yeah. And I, I know for me that counsel has took me into deeper hiding. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Right. It's the same idea as I have to turn away if nobody can hold this with me because I don't, I can't hold it by my, that's the point. I need someone to hold this with me in these places that are scared and frozen. Yeah. And I just got tears in my eyes thinking you held me. And still hold me. And that that has made all the difference for me that I, I didn't have someone that was more concerned about how I appeared to be like image management, right? But that yes. moved, yeah. moved into my heart to want to get to know me and my stories so that I could truly heal. And just when I hear your name, the words that come to me is, thank you. Like just so much gratitude for you saying yes to the calling that you have on your life. And um, I will just say that what I do today is very much a result of the way that you showed up with me. Mm. Well, and I would just say right back, thank you, because just like you, I am where I am because somebody held my story too. And somebody held my heart too. And that brings tears to my eyes too, because that's, that's healing, right? That's how, that's how we heal mm-hmm. is by receiving and then giving back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much. What an honor. 
the day. Thank you. Yeah, and I, I want to just uh, join in too and say, yes, it's beautiful when someone joins you in these really hard places. And yes. I love some of the things that we have talked about today, the when the system gets dysregulated and disrupted, and then we get the blame because we have started on this healing path and yeah. how really, really difficult that is. And I want to just leave our our listeners with a, a question to, to ponder. And that is, as you have started to heal and started to do some work, and hopefully with really good care, people who see you or a person who sees you and is able to help guide you on this path, but to really think about the pain that you have experienced in your family system and what are you doing with that as you grapple with the difficulties of moving forward and going deeper and knowing that some of the people are with you or interested or curious. And from some, you might really feel opposition. And we just collectively say, we get that. We know the pain of this. And we know how important it is to just keep doing the work and, yeah. and know that this is the healing path and it is hard and it is good. Yeah. And we are glad, grateful that we will have Patria with us next week also. And we are looking forward to spending some more time continuing this conversation. So Patria and Candace, thank you for this beautiful conversation. Thank you. Love you both. Love you too. Friend. Love you. Thank you for listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud. Make sure to check out the show notes for links to suggested resources and social media. Like, subscribe, and follow to keep up with our weekly content. And if you don't mind, take a moment to rate and review us. Your feedback is extremely valuable and contributes to the success of this podcast. Music was created by Kayla Paxton, and our sound engineer is Jeremiah Jones of Audit Story LLC. We welcome you to join us for more conversations soon. Take care.